welcome back to Dum Dum Die, an all-female, all-awesome D&D 5th edition homebrew podcast, usually set in my homebrew world of Kalandos, but this week and next week we are going to be continuing our Ravnica one-shot. So we initially did a Ravnica one-shot uh, for the Simic Combine, and it was actually on Four Wizards of the Coast's podcasts of Ravnica, and it was on Dungeon Delve. You can also go back and listen to it. And we're going to continue that story. Uh, usually I let my players recap what happened, but in case you haven't heard it, uh, sometimes the players recap very bizarrely. So I will do a recap. But before I do it, let my players introduce themselves. They're going to introduce themselves and who their character is. And then I'll give a recap and then I'll set the story for where we are now in part two of our podcast of Ravnica. Uh, starting on my left... Hi guys, my name is Nicole and I'm playing the character of Leah, who is a um, dark elf, who's a drow. Um, she is 250 years old. She's six feet and weighs 48 kgs. Um, her skin is a copper, is copperish with um, traces of green in it. She has blonde hair, which is loosely plaited um, with these hazel eyes and she... She loves her leather corset with le uh, leather shorts and black combat boots, which is um, knee high. <laughs> yes. And that's it. She's also part of the Simic. Oh, yes. She's also part of the Simic <laughs> Combine. And she's a sorcerer. Hi, my name is Kirsten, and I'm going to play the character of Mantil, who is a female Vidalcan Simic hybrid who um, has baby blue skin. She has... Massive long octopus tentacles coming from a head that could double as almost Medusa-ish hair. Uh, she's also got two massive eagle ray fins coming out her back, sort of like wings that help her glide when she needs. She is also part of the Simic Combine and she is a wizard Simic researcher who has her very own crackies of her own. We're also joined this uh, one shot by the wonderful Denisha, and she's going to introduce herself and her character. We've had her, she's run role playing games for us at the Comic Con section. She's been interviewed by us, and she's just generally a really great role player and great person. So oh, I know you. you are going to enjoy her. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Denisha, and I am playing Duja, who is a Loxodon. Uh, she's part of the Selesnia Conclave. And as she is a loxodon, she resembles what we would call an elephant. And Duja is wearing a light brown leather armor with the Selesnia Conclave emblem stitched at the front. She has very kind, light brown eyes, and she carries a quarterstaff with an ornate leaf carved at the end of it. Hi, um, I'm Wednesday, and today I'm playing the character Daria. Daria is of the merfolk. She is a... She is part of the Simic Combine. She is an adaptationist monk and deep sage. Just in case you need a description, Daria has black eyes, blue hair, and ivory skin. She also has a blue tail when she is when she has a tail. Um, generally, she is when she has a tail. Generally, she's quite scantily clad because if you need to switch from tail to legs, it's rather difficult if you're wearing trousers. All right, so what happened previously in, in Ravnica for our setting? As an aside, there were other podcasts that did the nine other guilds. Please do go give their episodes a listen. You can find it on the Dungeon Delve podcast for Wizards of the Coast, or each of their podcasts will put a list of them in the description below. What happened is our three Simic 
combine members as well as our fourth because we were luckily joined by Kut again last time for our Ravnica one-shot. They were sent to go and find a Simic researcher who the who the Simic Combine hadn't heard from in a while. And they were worried that, uh, of course, as the Simic Combine are biomancers and oftentimes uh, try and mess with uh, genetic codes and build uh, monstrous creations called Crassuses, Crassi, Crassies, Crassies. Um, they were worried that the Crassus, the Simic researcher had built, had actually murdered everybody in the lab. So the the four adventurers went off to go find it. They found a giant Crassus, which was indeed attacking the lab. However, when they went inside to try and prevent the Crassus from destroying the lab, they found out that the Simic researcher, whose name was Radu and was a Loxodon, and was actually previously from the Selesnia Conclave, but is now a Simic Combine, had converted to being part of the Simic Combine Guild, was trying to release uh, genetic mutating spores into the air of Ravnica to try and genetically mutate every single person in Ravnica against their will to help really make what one of the tenants that... Um, the Simic Combine believe in is the the upwelling. So to really try and make nature take its course and really start to control and overthrow a bit of the um, more city-like landscape and get people more in tune with their new their new genetically mutated bodies. So uh, our four adventurers had a, a crisis of conscience because I, the upwelling is something the Simic Combine believes in. So do they allow him to continue his experiment or do they stop him? They eventually uh, decided to try and stop him. However, he had implanted the spores in multiple Simic hybrids, Simic hybrids uh, throughout the four-story lab. And as they were trying to stop it, they eventually, an explosion was caused where some of the spores got released into the air and our four adventurers were knocked out of the, la- the laboratory uh, luckily, using that expeditious retreat that all Simic Combine <laughs> characters have, because they know labs explode, and you get got knocked out of the lab and were falling as the explosion happens. Now, some of us were gliding, <laughs> just stay. <laughs> now, what happened after that, and where we are today, is it has been about it's been about a month. What has happened is. As you were thrown from the lo- the lab, you landed in a Golgari, I'm going to say fertilizer farm, oh. which is very, which is basically, uh, you Sewage know, plant. well, it's more bodies mm. because they recycle, they're basically the recyclers yeah. of um, Ravnica. So landed on bodies, which oddly were made it soft because you were falling multiple stories in the dead bridge chasm. However, you were all knocked unconscious. The Golgari noticed and they actually had caught the, the Simic spy that escaped. So while this was happening, a Simic spy escaped before the explosion. They had caught him. And while you were four were unconscious, they questioned him and they found out what Radu was doing, uh, that Radu was part of the Selesnia conclave 
and that uh, you had been messing with the genetic code and that you guys had actually, he's unsure what happened to you guys because by the time he left, he wasn't sure if you were going to stop or not. You said Selesnia. Did you mean Simic or Selesnia? No, Loxodon was part of the Selesnia before. with the other dark elf. Yeah, uh, who was actually Golgari. Yeah. She was Golgari. Because if she had, yeah. she was a druid of spores. Yeah. So the Golgari um, decided to hand over the four of you to the Selesnia Conclave because being as the Simic Combine and the Selesnia Conclave are the two sort of ones concerned with the mixture of nature and sort of city life. Uh, the Golgari appreciates city life because it creates more things to recycle. So um, the the Golgari don't care if people are going to start coming down there with extra limbs mm-hmm. <laughs> and spores rise. So the Golgari feel they're going to be okay because <laughs> they're at the bottom of the dead bridge chasm. <laughs> so they handed the four of you over to the Selesnia conclave because when they went to go look in the lab, lab um, and this you will all know because it's been four weeks, um, when they went to go look in the lab, they found nothing else in the lab except uh, a scorch mark against the chasm. Uh, so you are the only people who are actually able to be held responsible. Shit. That being said, when you arrived at the Selesnia Conclave, uh, you were imprisoned in a Fernadi, which is basically, it's almost like a, a commune within the Selesnia Conclave. It's uh, a clearing made with uh, trees and in the center is a giant tree which houses a dryad. And around that are some squat white buildings. Um, they're, they're well-made, but they're, there's not a lot of ornamentation to them. Uh, so they're quite rustic. And... Enclosing the circle, so it's a, a very large circle um, around the tree. There's arches that you walk through. It looks almost a bit like a Stonehenge with arches on the outsides. Um, and then nearby, in trees nearby, there's some uh, squat houses around the trees and w- some ramshackle tree houses within the lower levels of the tree branches. When I say squat, noting that a lot of uh, Selesnia characters are centaurs and um, loxodons, it's squat for them. <laughs> so for anyone who's humanoid, uh, you, it's quite spacious inside, but it's, it's when you're inside, it's not fancy. It's very rustic. You have been held prisoner in a basically what you guys think is a, a stable, but it's just how their buildings are. They don't have a lot of accoutrements. It's just an open space. There's a table. There's a place for you to do your business. Um, and, you know, there's hay to sleep on. Uh, what's been happening is you have, for the past three weeks, been questioned by a Loxodon, also named Radu. Radu is a very common name in, with Loxodons. She wanted to know exactly what you knew about the plan, what you knew about the spores, what you thought would happen scientifically. However, in the past week, she's been coming, coming more and more 
to you and being quite fraught. So she she never threatened you. She always came to you quite logically trying to understand. However, now she's been more and more fraught in the past week as she says things are changing outside in Ravnica. What happened is this morning someone came in and pulled Azar out. Azar has, for the past four weeks, been unwell. And so they said to you they were taking Azar to go and see a healer. Next thing you know, you are being led out by two centaurs are leading you out into the center of the Venadi. So you've, you have a little window that you could see if you, because it's made for very large creatures, you would ha have had to stand on someone's back or stand on the table to see out the window. But you realize as you walk in, the tree is gone. The giant tree that was at the center of the Venadi is gone. And anyone being from a scientific guild, you would know that that is very problematic. <laughs> Standing there, um, there's actually very few people in the compound. You, ca you can't see anyone. There's basically the two centaurs. There's two humans standing around where the tree used to be, as well as a loxodon, which is Duja. As you approach, the, the human is going to tell the two centaurs to um, hold the three of you there. And the human is going to say, I've been tasked by Radu to send you to sort out your mess. The spores your guild has left out into the, into the land have affected our tree and have affected the dryad that lives within the tree. They are of immense power and will destroy not only the Selesnia conclave, but everything in Ravnica. I can only imagine what is happening to the other guilds. Your guild will pay for its crimes, but first you need to find our tree and bring it back. When you say find our tree, do you, do you mean... We like are talking like silence. And then the centaur nearest to you sort of just picks up its back leg. It looks like it's stretching, but it also looks quite menacing, like I could kick you in the head. Her, uh, her head just kind of like, which are the tentacles, just kind of like, almost like snakes, trying to be intimidating back, but it ha doesn't have the same effect because they don't have faces. They're just <laughs> Yeah, so it's just tentacles going, <laughs> because your guild cannot be trusted, the great Radu and the Trostani, so uh, you would know the Trostani are essentially three dryads in one that are actually the guild leaders for the Selesnia conclave, have entrusted that we send Duja, and then he gestures to the Loxodon, with you to ensure you complete this mission. We are also holding your friend, Azar. We will not heal heal them until you return and they have very little time left. Also, we will be sending Marosh. So the one uh, centaur that looked like he was stretching turns to you and gives a horsey from human lips, which is odd. <laughs> and he says, 
to ensure you not only fix what you have done here, you return the tree and the dryad intact. Marosh is a very strong healer. He should be able to, with your help, figure out how to potentially pull the spores out. If you try and run, Duja and Marosh will kill you. Then um, you hear from the back someone clearing their throat. And from out of one of the arches steps a very a very good looking you can sense that he's he's a a, a merman. He has <laughs> he has dark skin with on his dark skin are almost copper tattoos that stand out in the sunlight. Hmm. He has along the back, his back, because you see he walks past uh, the prisoners and comes to stand next to the human who was talking. He has spiked fins. So he's not wearing a shirt as from his back are spiked fins coming out as well as along his arms. It looks like almost everywhere where you would have armor, he has spikes, uh, spiked fins coming out. Why do I feel like this is the he, dark, uh, the merfolk version of Santillarian? <laughs> yep. <laughs> he also has. You look closely at the at the copper tattoos, and they appear to be quite. They're raised almost as if they were tattooed and then scarred on top of that. And he has inky black hair. As he passes, he he winks at Daria. Daria. Do you know this, Merfolk? And he very clearly, he's, he's got a, like an almost feral look in his eyes. The human uh, nods to him and he says, oh, you will also be joined by Cetus. He is part of the gruel. We think our tree has gone into the gruel portion of the, the, the edge of the Selesnia Conclave lands which the Gruul clans like to, and he very politely smiles at uh, Cetus and he says, visit. And I'm sure if you guys try to run, Cetus will have no problem in dealing with you. Duja and Maroche might, but Cetus will not. You need to return with the dryad and the tree. And if you heal them, they should come quite willingly within a day. Otherwise, not only will your friend die, it will be too late. She would have gone too far out of our lands for us to try and stop her from destroying anything else. So, Duja, you know all these plans. Mm. Your mother has told you very specifically that you know that a lot of the dryads are acting very strange. But this one was acting strange almost from the day they arrived. Mm. It was making really weird requests and was asking for information that it should have known. And it started to sprout mushrooms along the tree of various shades of blue. And essentially yesterday morning, you all heard a rumbling and then you just saw the tree starting to walk away. So I did walk away. <laughs> and you know that the rest of the, the clave that was living in the Venati has actually gone to gone to the main 
Silesnia meeting point to discuss what they can do and if any other trees have have left. So they're trying to find out. And your mother has tasked you with keeping control of this mission. All right. He says, you will now be given all your equipment back because you obviously had none of it. So the other centaur pulls from his pouch. He gives you whatever equipment you had. Uh, there's no money. If you had money, there's no money. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> he also gives you rations, but they smell vaguely mildewy. And they're, they look like just the weirdest shade of orange. The, the centaur that gives it to you says, you can eat your handiwork. And he gives you that. Again, we were not involved. We decided to try and stop it. I'm sorry we failed. Yes, you not, know that we are not responsible for this. Not all Simics are trying to take over the world. You were part of the Simic Combine. And thus, if anyone in our conclave had done something wrong, everyone is responsible. The speaker would not have allowed the whole of Ravnica, Ravnica to become endangered. The speaker did not speak up for you. Mm. Who is the speaker? It's Zagana. So it's your it's mm. your leader. But Zagana was in it. Who do you think sent us to go and get the things? And so you have said multiple times, and yet when our the Tristani questioned her, Zagana said she Actually, had never like seen she didn't know anything because that was the part of the plan <laughs> all the time. Mm. That's very convenient and something we have heard multiple times from It was you, a secret whole. mission. You have one day. Do you really want to spend it no, discussing this go, with we me? Go, we go, we go, we go. My As friends, let's yes. all get along. I like him. Her. <laughs> that <laughs> one. Another Loxodon. After our interaction with the last one. Again, not all Loxodons are the same. If we can't say them, do it with them. I can't say it at all. Marash starts walking, the, the centaur who stretched his leg, starts <laughs> heading. My terrible behave, sorry. It starts <laughs> heading. He, and as he walks past you, he manages to like, you know, like when woman hair flip into your head with his tail, he manages to like hair flip oh, you. If he does that, my tentacle's going to catch his tail. <laughs> Uh, you do so and he just turns like, his head so sorry it was in my face it's a reflex <laughs> and he's like oh I'm so sorry I didn't notice you there can the other tentacle the... go to the loxodon and be like my name is Mantil nice to meet you <laughs> my name is Duja nice to meet you as they shake hands because I like it's a podcast Duja. you Duja need to say what yeah. any hand actions you do well it's um, like a tentacle so it's like a like a good hand suction, tentacle action suction to your Elephant paw? Yeah, because wow. uh, my elephant, elephant hand. Elephant hand. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> like comes off. Like so sad. Um, <laughs> at this, the 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 merman is laughing. He's just giggling to himself. <laughs> and you actually, now that you look more closely at him, he's wearing animal hide pants. You can see there's multiple. Uh, he's almost wearing. A belt, but it's holding about four different blades. Hmm. Uh, I thought you were going to say it's a cracker's hide. I was going to be like, ah, okay, now we're going to have issues. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's an animal of the land hide. Okay. It's a land animal. Marosh and Duja uh, have the map of where of the area, but also where they think the dryad would be going. Uh, you believe the dryad is actually heading towards um, sort of where the gruel visit on the outskirts because there is a river there 
that for some reason, and this is also why the girl keep trying to invade this, the Selesnia's area, is this river appears to almost heal, but it, it doesn't always work that way. So uh, some, pe- some people believe it's a miracle river, and then other people just think it's really fresh water. So we know that. About no, you wouldn't know oh, okay, we don't. So Duja and Marosh and Cetus know this. Okay. Um, Duja, your mother said to you that she believes the, the dryad, uh, who is essentially the dryad lives in the tree, right? So is it the tree moving or is it the dryad moving? Mm. That's unsure. She believes that the dryad is actually trying to heal itself. But if the river doesn't work because... Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, some people are like, oh, it definitely works, and I believe in the river. And then other people are like, oh, well, guys, no, that's... <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> It's not really a thing, right? A dryad's mm. like a tree nymph, kind of. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, Just checking. <laughs> and you would know from, from your window and from your arrival in the town that the tree is actually 80 foot high. Wow. It's, mm. it's a giant tree. So the tree has probably already made it to the river. Mm-hmm. The river is maybe three hours away for, for you guys. Uh, the centaur and the loxodon could get there much faster. Uh, but because you're all traveling together, it's going to take you three hours. Cause th- that, and that's also why they think, that's also why your mother thinks she's going to the river is because your Vernadi is actually the closest to that healing river. Carla, what's the weather like? What's the weather like? Today in Ravnica, what is the weather Today forecast? Today in Ravnica, <laughs> it is uh, partly cloudy. With a chance but it seems like it has been partly cloudy for the past four weeks. It's almost... Um, so you're used to, in the city area, to almost have that smog. But now it looks like there's a smog even over the natural areas, but the smog is... Um, more spore-like than fog-like. Okay. So it's partly cloudy. Did you mention the river's name? Uh, no, no. Most people just, uh, so they use the, the Sylvan word for Miracle River. So basically it's called the Miracle River. Um, so just in case, while we And the ghoul are... call it something else. So uh, Cetus, uh, Cetus and them call it the Weak River because only the Weak use that river, but they don't want other people to use it. So they don't actually want use it for healing. They just like don't want their enemies to be healed. They're like, you must go sit and suffer. And if you can survive, sweet. If, if you don't, you deserve to die. <laughs> because that's oh, how wow. barbarians work, right? Uh, so they've actually been trying to dam up that river for a long time. But it, because the clans are often warring, they never uh, manage to damn it up properly because they when one knock it down yeah they, well, there's a lot of infighting to get something like that happening all right you are gonna head off yeah mm. so on the way as we're going i'm going to apply those multiple sun protection ointments lest i get sunstroke because we're on the upside <laughs> and life <laughs> is hard <laughs> Yeah, Mantia's feeling very dry. <laughs> uh, yeah, as an aside, you have all your spells back. You have uh, yeah, yeah. you have also leveled up. Uh, your full health. Uh, I mean, they haven't been treating you badly. They just haven't been treating you amazing. It's fine. You're not going to die. So there's been like no bath, no nothing for a month. No, no, no. You bath, but it's like in a bucket. Mm. Okay. 
Yep. And in a room. feeling very dry. <laughs> <laughs> and in a room. Uh, I mean, that's... And hay is not helping. They didn't let you out the room. Duja takes a back seat. She lets Marosh lead the way. Uh, she seems a little bit intimidated by him. And bringing up the back is, is Cetus. He's, he appears to be, if, you, if anyone looks back, he appears to be l- smirking at all of you, but especially at Daria. Daria, seems you have a secret admirer. I don't think he's very secret about it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. I mean, he's quite a catch. He's dangerous. If you're not going to go there, I definitely am. Just putting it out there. You, you Mantil shakes her head and walks next to uh, <laughs> the Loxodon. You hear him laughing in the background. Um, Leah's just going to pretend like she doesn't hear anything. Uh, Marosh keeps looking over his shoulder and then shaking his head and his, his tail is like twitching quite angry, like annoyed. You can see he's annoyed. I'm going to very purposefully not look at Cetus at all and instead try and examine the spores in the air. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, look at these spores. Look at these spores. The, the thing is, it's, it's almost like a cloud cover yeah. area. So to examine them... It, they're in the distance. So they're not Dude. like fireflies you can catch in a yeah. jar. No, no. It's almost at the cloud cover area. So it's just over overcast. I'm doing what all scientists do when they try and distract themselves. I'm overanalyzing whatever is in front of me. Mantil <laughs> wants to ask... Um, Druja? Druja. Druja. <laughs> Sorry, not Druja. Druja, since we failed our mission, I'm sure our mother has... Our mother, your mother, has told you of our failure and, and moral conundrum. I, I did not know that the Simic Combine were going to do this. We did um, not fail. So, Duja, the mo- uh, your mom would have told you all of these things because mm-hmm. uh, your mom is actually grooming you to take over this finale. Mm. Ignore the merfolk. She's just sour that we failed. We did not fail. The spores are in the air and the whole point was to not do the spore thing. Okay. But anyway... Have you? And then she like starts lifting Duja's like arms to like check if there's any like fins growing <laughs> or, or some some form of like mutant. Like, how are you feeling? Are you feeling different? Like, kind of doing a medical examination <laughs> on like a new simic hybrid. Uh, so Radu, you at uh, Duja, sorry Duja, you know, and that's also why they everyone's left to go have a meeting because you you all. Your mother and all the and the Tristani and you know or sort of all the the minds of your clan think the dryad and the tree pulled all the spores towards it so that none of you guys were affected. That's also why you left because you thought a they needed to get information, but b if they stayed, they would start to change too, because you've noticed whenever people go out into the field. Anything that is um, living uh, that's not plant matter is mutating, Mm. as well as plant matter that eats other plants. So, like, carnivorous plants are mutating. Mm. And, yeah, so any any fauna that's living, so anything with a dryad in it or living Mm. vines, things like that, are changing. Okay. So currently you're actually walking in quite an open area because the uh, Silesian Conclave has built farms here. They're, you're passing a couple of fields. But 
after about 10 minutes, you start to see the fields. The wheat is that orange color that you've got in, in your rations and it smells damp. You're starting to see the further you get away from the Venati, the more the landscape is changing. Mm. Okay. So, but yeah, so that's what you would know. Okay. Well, Duja is very calm while her arms are being lifted She's up. She's getting like a medical examination. <laughs> <laughs> you see a little bit of fungus growing beneath her armpit, but that might not be related. <laughs> <laughs> that may or may not be normal. Um, can I roll investigation and sort of look at this ration a little bit more closely to try and figure out? Because we didn't get a lot of time to figure out what the, the spores actually do mm. um, the last time. So what is the, what does it mutate? What is the change? What, what is happening? You know, that kind of thing. That's what I want to investigate. You look at your rations and yeah, roll investigation for me. Five. You think because they are, they're like, they've been transformed into, into like biscuits. Mm. Uh, you don't actually, you can't see what the root is because you're not looking at the, um, it's in its initial form. It's in its final form. <laughs> It's been processed, so you don't know. As you're applying sunscreen, no, you're definitely not looking at seizures. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not looking. Cool. Yeah. Is looking at him. Is he doing anything spectacular? Um, roll insight for me. Insight is good. 14. You don't see him applying any sunscreen, but, I mean, that's fine. Okay. That's the dark out here. Should you not also be taking the Merfolk sunscreen and putting it on your face? Well, in Ravnica, they are surface dwellers. Yeah, so they drow surface dwellers. They're mm -hmm. just dark skin. They're not. <laughs> they're not drow. Like, drow. They're not um, sunlight sensitive. They're not. I think I am. Are you I think I am. Yeah. yeah. Well, like it's cloudy. Not direct sunlight. With a chance of spores. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, it is partly cloudy, which makes it bearable. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I'm good with that. Are you guys going to say or do anything else? Mantil would just be talking to Duja and like taking samples of anything that has spores on it and take out her little microscope and is looking at it. And it's very impressive because like the tentacles are doing this while she is walking. Okay. And she is just using like her peripheral vision of that horse tail to like guide her forward while she is looking down while she is looking down and all these things. So it's like, it's quite impressive to see like a scientist working and walking at the same time. <laughs> I mean, it's very high grade. Multitasking. <laughs> um, she does trip three times. Uh, oh, yeah. I am quite sour at Mantille because she keeps saying that we failed. <laughs> that yeah. I'm also um, so... What's your name again? Leah. Leah. Yeah, I'm going to to sort of try surreptitiously whisper to Leah that you should really stay away from him. He's the equivalent of Merfolk husband. To you. You can roll if you want to hear it. You can roll a perception. Do I want to hear Roll it? yourself, uh, please, Wednesday. Nine. Do I even have uh, wants to hear it. Let's see. Oh, no, Mandela did not hear it. <laughs> oh, yay. 12. Okay, so it appears like no one else heard it. But Leah. Yeah. Um, Leah's just going to say, but he's so hot. <laughs> Darby. He is not combined. <laughs> dark alpha showing. <laughs> um, yeah. Can everyone roll perception for me? 
Yes. 21. 19. 7. 26. Okay, so anyone over <laughs> over 12? No. Okay. Unless we're using passive perception, but no. Anyone over 12? You've walked past a couple of the fields. Um, Mantiel, you would have known definitively, but everyone else, I mean, if they thought about it, they could have guessed because everyone is a scientist. Every one of you three is a scientist of the Simic Combine. Is the f- crops are progressively getting stranger mm. and worse. So they're some are stunted, and it looks like everything is almost affected differently. Okay. Mm. So there are some patches that are the same, but maybe it'll be like a patch of five feet has the same mutation or a patch of 20 feet has the same mutation mm. or two things next to each other has the same mutation. Everything is different. Um, you know, some are stunted, some are growing bulbous um, uh, growth protrusions. Some are extremely tall, which there's no way they should be that height considering mm-hmm. what the other fields look like. Yeah. Uh, there's various colors um, some are just withered, completely withered. And anyone who rolled over 12, as you start to progress, you're leaving the fields behind. So you've been walking about 45 minutes, right? And as you've been walking, you have seen there's been places of the field that have been trampled by, by what you imagine is the tree's roots. You see there's a path because you've been following almost quite a well-worn dirt road. But also you see that it's almost as if because there's trees in front of you. So there was a grove um, of which you imagine and uh, Duja, you would know, were orange trees before that have been spread as if the tree was pushing its way through. In that, as you're approaching the grove, anyone over 12 sees eyes peeping from behind five of the trees. So, uh, Duja, uh, you saw, Leah, you saw, mm-hmm. Daria, you saw, Marosh stops immediately. Mathieu um, walks into Marosh because she's still looking at her microscope with new specimens. And he, and he says, shh, I draw weapons. So does Cetus. Duja, what are you doing? I'm going to draw a weapon, my quarter Wait, staff. what is happening? Why have we stopped? Shh, Marosh says, And he starts and he starts walking around to come to behind the group. And he says, Duja, are you going to see if they're friendly or what is our plan? I will go investigate. Can I go with you? You may. Okay. (laughs) She wants to go in. She puts her microscope away. Leah, what are you doing? Leah takes out her um rapier. rapier. And is also, yeah getting ready to fight if something has to come her way. You can see the forest. I mean, it's in within shouting distance. Uh, it's probably 60 feet away. So you could, you'd have to shout, but you could shout. Cetus uh, sort of hangs back with, uh, with Marosh and he says, well, I kind of hope they don't want peace. <laughs> Duja takes a closer look at the eyes. Uh, are you going to walk closer? Mm, yes. My girl will walk next to her all the time. As you w- start approaching, when you get within 40 feet, you hear almost 
like a whipping of, of you know, the sound of tree branches whipping in heavy wind. You hear that and it, so- it starts to sound quite frantic. You look and the one set of eyes appears to be at the height of where a humanoid would be. And they appear human. And yeah, that's from this distance. That's all you can tell. The other eyes don't, they're all at varying levels. So you can't tell if they're mm. what, what species they might be. And you can't tell if they're humanoid. Okay. Can, oh, sorry. Sorry, just when Mantille sees the eyes, she's like, oh, is this what we are looking at? <laughs> uh, Duja will use her keen smell to kind of use her trunk to smell around the area. You actually recognize a scent. Mm-hmm. It's coming from someone you actually know. It's It's one of the... It's one of your horn callers. So a horn caller is basically uh, someone who controls beasts in for the Silesnia Conclave. But she, uh, her name's Mara. She was actually, she's been gone for about two weeks. She went out to go and check on some of the nearby beasts and see what the mutations had done to them. But she hasn't come back, which normally is not a problem for you guys because she goes off for very long periods of time you you smell scent her but it's it's tinged with a almost the smell of rot hmm. investigate further <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay well wow like i just see like trunks going i'm like okay is this greeting greetings people of the forest you hear the and you whipping. Get, like, two, two tentacles are like waving. <laughs> the whipping gets gets stronger. It's actually audible even to mm. everyone in the back now. At that, Marosh says, "Duja, I don't think they're friendly." Mm. And we come in peace. Duja, and then you hear a voice. It almost sounds as if the voice box is is wet. If that makes, like, it sounds like there's mucus inside the voice box. And the voice says, in pieces? Or in peace? Pieces or peace? Pieces or peace? And you recognize it. It almost sounds like it was Amara's voice. This is not good. Yes, because it is one singular piece that we come in. (laughs) One piece. Not multiple pieces. Can Leah cast True Strike? Oh, At that, we're going to roll initiative. No, oh, okay. Dealt with. You go for Oh, my gosh. Seven. It's even worse. Okay. <laughs> Ten. A twenty. Okay, so. Doria <laughs> has. Let us have a conversation. <laughs> a natural twenty. Yeah. Cetus has a natural twenty. Oh, happy dearest, you have matching initiative. <laughs> Mirage has... If only we could verbalize Wednesday's eight. look. Duja has seven. Leah has ten. And you, Mantil? A fitting six. Uh, Mantil has six. So we can't actually see what they are. We just hear noises. No, they're still in the, in the, in the, in the grove. Shadows. Okay, cool. 
You get to go first. It's a surprise. So true strike is you point a finger at a target in range. Your magic grants you a brief insight into the target's defenses. On your next turn, you gain advantage on your first attack roll against the target, provided that the spell hasn't ended. So you point to a set of eyes you can see? Yes. You realize that it is a humanoid creature. Okay. You realize it's got a very weak constitution. You don't know if – because when you, when you sense its defenses, it almost looks like its, its defenses are breaking down the longer it's, it's around, essentially. Okay. It looks almost like – it's weird. It looks like the defenses are decomposing. And in your magical mind's eye, that's what you imagine it's like. Um, so, yes, you'll have advantage on your, on okay. your next attack. So whatever I've obviously seen, I'm going to just tell that to the group. You did feel that it recognized w- w- the magic when you touched it. Mm. Yeah. And that then brings us to Cetus. So you pointed a finger and you're like, this is its defenses in the distance. Cetus is going to double run. And as he does, he draws out. He manages to pull out two um, swords from his belt. But at the same time, he appears to be holding in his pinkies, between his pinky and his... um third his ring finger a small dagger so he is holding four weapons damn leo's impressed Mantio does not know what is going on <laughs> Duja uh, is also confused. and he just he starts running past you uh he's only going to make it to the edge of the forest at the end of his turn because he has to double run is that 60 feet yeah that brings it to you daria Sorry. as you see him running past you I'm also going to do a double run, but while I'm running, I'm going to shout out into the forest. Uh, Please establish whether or not you are actually peaceful. We can help you. We've come to rectify the problem with the spores. You hear her shout, you hear the voice, again, the the money voice, almost say, lots of talk of pieces. I'm in pieces. You'll be in pieces. And you hear the vines whipping. So you're gonna double run. Double run, yeah. As as Daria runs past you guys, that brings it to the whipping things. My, That's automatic. My teal doesn't know that. <laughs> Hashtag this is, couple goals. This is husband dearest because she never heard it. And he goes, "Don't they look good together?" <laughs> yeah, they seem to actually. They come round the sides of each of you, and they actually seem to be coordinated, even though they mm. never said anything to each other. Leah's impressed with both of them. This is nice to observe. And she, like, starts writing in a book. <laughs> <laughs> Has everyone else is prepared to fight? Mantille's like, let me get out my book. Now is not the time. To be fair, I'm still holding, like, science. my microscope in one <laughs> tentacle, okay? With my initiative, it's going to be a while. As you do that, you see four beasts come out of of the brush of the grove as you look at them so for a moment they look almost like deer but then when you look at them very closely you realize that it's they're in the shape of deer but they appear to be made of fully of vines the horns are almost dripping mold the eyes you saw look unnaturally bright within the vines 
And you can see the vines, the sounds you heard were all the vines moving because the body is continuously moving. The vines on the body. As they are going to try and entangle the four of you who are nearby. So that would include Daria, Cetus, Duja, and Mantil. Please make a strength saving throw. Nine. <laughs> ah, 15. I have a minus one oh, to strength. Okay. <laughs> Please uh, make it twice. Okay. 21. <laughs> two. Ooh. Okay, so you fail both times. Uh, it two. <laughs> okay, um, you fail the second time. 14. You're fine. And Cetus is fine. As you guys were watching these two merfolk run in almost a, a tactile, a tactical unison, you see these beasts come out and all vines start to sprout from where you are. Obviously, while the merfolk were running, they ran past the vines. Uh, you saw um, Cetus did get caught by one, but he just pulled his leg out like nothing happened. And you are now restrained. Both the two us. of you. Okay. Yeah, so to, you would have to use your action to free yourself mm. using a strength check. And they sort of come and they're starting to walk towards you. Two of the beasts start to walk towards the two of you that are entangled. And the other two are going to head towards, uh, one towards Cetus, one towards um, Daria. That then brings it to you, Leah. Where do you do? Okay, so... Um I think I'm going to actually cast blindness or deafness and I can hit two, two creatures. So I'm going to, I'm going to run the, the cl two closest um, to me would be Duja and um, Mantil, right? Yeah. So they would be in range. Those two would be in range because Duja and Mantil weren't right at the grove's entrance. Yeah, yeah. They were still like 20 feet away. So they're only 40 feet away from okay, you. Okay, cool. So you could... Walk your 20, yeah. or, well, run your 20, so it's only one move action, and then cast your spell because they would be within 30 feet. Okay, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to do, and then I'm going to cast Blindness or Deafness. You can blind or deafen a foe, choose one creature. Okay, well, two because it's a um, third-level spell slot um, that you can see within range to make a constitution saving throw. So that's what the two need to do. Okay. The two tier things. If it fails, the target is either blinded, or deafened your choice for the duration. At the end of it, each of its turns, the targets can make a constitution saving throw. On a success, the spell ends. Okay, well, they got the highest was 10. Does 10 pass? Doubtful. Um, no. Okay, so blind or deaf? I'm uh, going to make them... Don't, they don't appear to have ears. So I'm going to make them blind. As you cast that, their eyes almost glaze over with a white film. All right. Okay. That then brings it to Marosh. He's going to cast Sacred Flame as he walks forwards towards where uh, the two of you are. As a centaur, he has 40 feet. He's going to come stand by uh, you, Duja, and you, Mantil, and he's going to cast Sacred Flame at the, the one creature right near you. It does not make its dex check, and it takes 2d8 radiant damage. Radiant damage, that's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> and 
the first one goes up in flames. And uh, because you made one of your saves, Mantille, your vines burn away. Ah, it is hot, it is hot. As the beast. Hot, hot, but, hot, hot. But as the beast goes, you stop hearing the vine sound from it and you hear almost the sound of a deer dying. Ooh, this That's is sad. heart wrenching. And then that brings it to Duja. What you gonna do, Duja? <laughs> Duja's gonna try to get out of her restraints. Uh, strength check, please. 12. You do not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Duja just makes a very sad sound out of her trunk. Uh, Marosh <laughs> looks at you and um, Leah, you can see from the back that Marosh is looking at Duja and shaking his head. <laughs> do I, I was gonna say Darby. Leah just kind of like lets out a little giggle, like almost like a like an impressed, well, not impressed at Duja, but like impressed at Marosh kind of laugh. Mantille brings it to you. Okay. So Mantille is no longer restrained. No. She puts away her book and her microscope and backpack, and then she goes to try and help Duja with vines. Yay. Uh, okay, cool. Roll a strength check. Okay. It's... No. <laughs> How much was it? Two. Minus one is one. <laughs> you seem to be just managing to pull where the vines were just enclosing Duja. Now you're pulling them away and they're like snapping back like an elastic and pulling I'm tighter. Sorry, I'm not helping. <laughs> uh, you've got a move action. No, she wouldn't move. She's, 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 uh, just, she's actually making it worse. <laughs> she's um, trying. That then brings it to you. You hear a vo- the voice uh, and it's, it's just like it's almost this guttural burbling coming from the voice as stepping out from, from the grove is what looks like it was a human previously it's someone with white where, where you can't see skin it is it is alabaster it is very light-skinned and crawling up their face is a mold that is moving Ew. and it appears to have I'm gone inside that. the mouth you know like rick and morty has got that uh, like dribble of uh spit it it looks like that but the mold is moving and it appears to be pulsating up the chest and up the neck towards the mouth to keep going and growing the skin is so pale that you can actually see veins underneath but the veins are actually some are green and some are are blue she has no hair It, it looks like it's it's fallen out so there there are still some clumps of her hair her clothes are are missing but she is covered in in that pulsating mold she looks at and she runs towards the 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 area where the scorch marks and she crawls into like clings to the earth and shoves her hands into the earth and you hear of an almost burbling sob as the as the uh, humanoids starts crying over the over the um scorch marks you would know Duja that is Amara Amara yeah 
And that brings it to Cetus, who is going to attack in next week's episode. I hope you guys have had a good time. And that brings us to the close of this first part of the one shot. Will our adventurers be able to move through the, the grove? Will they discover what has happened? And will they save the tree? Is the Miracle River a miracle or is it just water? Who can say? We'll find out next week. A big thank you to my players who make everything a joy. Denisha, thank you for joining. I'm excited to see what happens next week. And remember, if you enjoyed this, please share it with your friends, foes, families, and familiars. Please like and review us on your favorite and not-so-favorite podcast apps. It really helps us get around and grow our podcast. Also, uh, if you'd like to find us, you can find us on all the socials at Dum Dum Die, spelled D-U-M-D-U-M-D-I-E. You can mail us at Dum Dum Die Pod at gmail.com. Pod. I was like, Dum Dum Die Dodd. Yeah. <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, big thank you to uh, Denisha for joining us. A big thank you to Wednesday and Tristan who edit our episodes, to Vida whose music embraces our episode and makes it so much better. And a big thank you to you for listening. Please remember, we also have a Kofi account. So if you'd like to donate, buy us a coffee towards getting to Gen Con. It is a very, very big goal, but you know, baby steps. How do you eat an Eloxodon? One bite at a time, right? <laughs> so <laughs> she didn't mean it, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so, so much for listening. And I just, I hope you have the most amazing week filled with adventure. <laughs> <laughs>